Hello everyone, and welcome back. Episode 141, I believe, of your favourite Formula 1 show. And today, we're back to talk about the US Grand Prix. A weirdly action-packed weekend with a lot of things to talk about. So, of course, to talk through all those things, I need a certain Mr. 183. How are we doing, my friend? I'm good, I'm good. I'm hoping that we can... Uh, do a good job getting through all of the action that happened over the course of the weekend but uh yeah obviously another sprint race so plenty of on track competitive action to get through um and yeah we've got another one in a couple of weeks time haven't we so we're coming thick and, and a race between then yeah now which is there's there's a lot of formula one going on you know we we've, we've mentioned this last week um, but of course you know for those of you that enjoy listening to the podcast you got a lot of podcasts coming up over the next couple of weeks um so yeah definitely of course you know if you're watching this on my main channel um and you're worried you're going to miss any of these podcasts there'll be a link down in the description below to the knowing wheel official podcast channel all the podcasts from next year are going to be going live exclusively over there so you definitely want to get yourself subbed jamie we will do our weekly check-in oh, i forgot about uh, this oh how has he forgot how have you forgot Come on, man! You gotta be, you gotta be keeping up with it. We're up to two hundred and fifty-five subs on the podcast channel. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm on five four eight. So, so the I think that's still the same. Yes, we'll make it. I'm not sure about twenty twenty four anymore. If we'll make no, it by then, you might need, you might need a bit of a bigger push. But we, if we you might guys all go and sub, some episodes. everyone who's watching this on Matt Two One Two's channel, if you go and subscribe to the podcast channel, we'll probably hit it like today. So. If everyone on my channel subscribed exactly. to the podcast channel, we'd smash it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, we, we'll keep remembering it so we don't forget. But we, we have agreed that if we when we hit 10,000 subs on the podcast channel, um, we will try and get to every team factory in Europe uh, in under 24 hours. So oh, I think Jamie in the world. I, well, we, we can't quite get to America and back. <laughs> is well, is the one problem think. there. Okay, fair enough. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, obviously we had quite a few things before going into the weekend. Obviously we did do a USGP preview show, didn't we? Obviously Danny Rick is back. Uh, and Haas, their massive upgrade that was going to bring Nico Hülkenberg his first ever Formula 1 podium. Well, he did get a, a form of P3 in the end. It was just a P13. So we moved. How is that a form of P3 exactly? Well, it's got a 3 in it. <laughs> right, okay. But sadly, um, that... sadly not. I do think, though... Similarly, Aston Martin bought quite a few. They bought a floor upgrade as well. Bringing a big upgrade to a sprint weekend, I think teams are probably going to start avoiding doing that because yes, it does leave you with literally an hour of of track time to work out how to set your package up with the new systems. So I'm not surprised that they didn't do very well on the Friday and Saturday, both those teams. But actually on the Sunday, they obviously elected to both start from the pit lane. And both of the teams, Aston Martin and Haas, had a better Sunday race than they had up to that point in the weekend. So, yeah, I wonder if teams will change their development strategy to avoid bringing big upgrades to the sprint weekends, just so they give themselves more a chance to understand the package. Well, you want to make sure that the package is working properly, don't you? And of course, you know, that's normally a five or six lap installation run, and suddenly that's a third of your practice time gone. For yeah. a weekend, obviously, I know you know you don't even get Q2, uh, FP2 anymore, do we? No, or do we? Park Ferme is, is no from FP2? the spring quality. Yeah, there but is, is there, there no is FP2? FP2? Yeah, but it's pointless, basically, isn't it? It, it shows you how stupid this format is. <laughs> when even even I got no idea that there's a Q, uh, sorry a free practice two uh, halfway through a weekend, but it is just so bizarre, isn't it? Wait, and there course, isn't FP2. You know, no, there isn't FP2. Yeah, there isn't, is there? We just... we don't know if there's FP2 anymore. You just have practice. It's quality, proper quality. Practice. Then you have sprint yeah. quality, pro- sprint race. That's it. There's no practice too. There is no practice too. No. Oh. Wow, okay. we're clearly experts on this field. This is horrendous. <laughs> the knowing wheel. <laughs> Everyone's just what. turned off. Um, apologies. If Formula One changed their format around too much, man. It, it's I, yeah. so. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it more, won't we? After the sprint race, but it really is just a bit all over the show, isn't it? At the moment. And they're probably the murmurs that they're going to change the format for sprints again next year. So they're going to. I, well, this is what we were going to talk about in a bit, but we we'll get through all of Friday practice then. Of course, uh, Aston Martin not able to really get any running in with either of the cars there. Obviously, Stroll had some reliability problems, um, so they obviously didn't want to do anything to risk either of the cars before they went into qualifying. 
Um, and that was very, very clear as we moved into qualifying because both Aston Martins, it's the first time uh, Alonso hasn't made Q3 all year, uh, mm. and he was out in Q1. Yeah, yeah, P17, wasn't he? Which was pretty insane to see. Uh, yeah, Aston Martin were just off the pace completely. And so are Williams, which is surprising. They've they've not both gone out of Q1 since before the summer break. So, yeah, shame for them. Uh, and also, Haas's amazing new upgrade left them P16 and 15. So that was quality. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the last bit of hopium has now disappeared for this season. Then we go again in 2024. Haas are going to give Hulkenberg a whole title, are they? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely going to happen. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it is hilarious, isn't it? Every team that's done a big upgrade this year has been, you know, leapt forward into the top group, apart from Haas. Uh, there's only been two examples of that, really. <laughs> so, and I think I'd back Aston and, and McLaren to have a much better technical team, department. Technical than department Haas, than, isn't than it? Haas, yeah. yeah, it's it's all a little bit weird, isn't it? Um, Q two though, I it kind of went under the radar. At least it felt like at the time, Perez almost had another big embarrassment, didn't he? But he did yeah. just squeeze through into Q3. Yeah. Um, Nineteen thousandths ahead of Sonoda. Uh, sorry, eighteen thousandths ahead of Sonoda. Nineteen thousandths ahead of Zhou Guanyu. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. And it, it, well, it's not even surprising at this point, is it? Like, looking back, the the five non Q3s in a row at the time was a bit bad, but that's really just where he is now with the McLarens being up in that top group Perez is genuinely like between 6th and ninth every week so yeah kind of like he's half a second off Verstappen but because of, especially in quality pace because the field is so close he just he just does end up in 8th place every week approximately so yeah it was about, about where he should be based on his pace really but a shame for Perez and I'm, I'm sure he'll reset over the winter and finish third again next year but there we go if he's still got a drive I will. There's no way they're going to drop him now. If Hamilton beats him, that's apparently what they've said. Yeah, well, I don't think that will happen after this weekend. Well, we, we spoke about that, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Sonoda, obviously, both Alfa Mo's there. Kevin Magnussen and Danny Rick all out in Q2. And then we get into Q3, Jamie. And once again, on a Friday night, Max Verstappen likes to give us all just a teeny tiny bit of hope. Um, before he ruins yes. that all over the weekend, because he'd actually mess up, wouldn't he, on his final run? It wasn't a huge mistake, but it is rare to see from the Dutchman this year. Proves mm. he is still human, kind of. Yeah, once once he's won a title and is two hundred points clear in the championship, he can make mistakes. Um, yeah, it was a. I think he basically did he, did he mess up turn one? I think he was basically not up that much on his own time on the final runs, um, and basically just went full send into turn 19 which all through the session he'd been very careful and respecting the track limits by a mile like by not really getting that close in the grand scheme of things so you could tell the way he was driving that last sector that he was gonna go for it because he had to to improve at all and then he went for it a little bit too hard and just exceeded the track limits it was a fair cop he admitted that he wasn't that annoyed, I don't think. He probably knew that he was going to win the race anyway. Um, and, yeah, didn't... Well, he set the pole position time, but it was swiftly deleted, uh, which left him P6 on the grid, which is the lowest he's qualified, I think, since Miami. I believe so, yeah. Oh, Singapore? No, um, no he's out in Q2, wasn't he? Yeah, in Belgium Singapore. as well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, because of penalties, he was sixth. Yeah, um, and Singapore but... is out in Q2, but apart from that. Yeah, and it did mean, of course, just like Belgium, uh, it was Charles Leclerc able to pick up the pieces then. In the session mm. where it was kind of all the talk was about Lando and Lewis were the ones kind of giving Max a bit of hell to pay. Yeah, Charles Leclerc was right there as well. Just, uh, you know, maybe you would argue it's British biased media. <laughs> but Leclerc was absolutely doing the job, wasn't he, on Friday night? Took that pole position ahead of both Brits there. His teammate, Carlos Sainz, lines up P4. Definitely looked like, again, a weekend where he was kind of the old Charles Leclerc back, you know, not absolutely ripping Sainz to shreds, but just that bit ahead of him, uh, which is reassuring to see for Charles and obviously just the whole Ferrari power dynamic. Um, George Russell, the line of P5, ahead of Max, then you have both Alpines, Perez and Oscar Piastri, 
rounding out our top 10, obviously, for Sunday's race. Um, but, of course, before we move to that, we've got all of Sprint Race Weekend Saturday. Yes, indeed. Uh, and it got away straight away in SQ1 with a slightly, yes, different, which is a bit strange. I guess the teams had a bit more data to go over. Um, but, yeah, Q1, obviously, the Aston Martins were probably the main people who looked a bit better than they had done, both getting through this time, which left out sergeant p20 because obviously that's where he lives in qualifying um sonoda was actually way worse he dropped what p11 to p19 he did make a mistake yeah he was very annoyed with himself wasn't he um with bottas and then two hasses obviously making use of their upgrade in qualifying p16 and 17 the pain <laughs> um, yeah so the astons got through to q2 or sq2 but that was it really um both of them out then uh, along with, yeah, the kind of the usual suspects. You had Ricardo, Ocon, and Joe, uh, with both Aston Martins too, which left people you might expect in Q3, SQ3, um, and actually and overnight. Alban. And Alban. Alban was in Q3. Yeah, I forgot about that. Despite going out in Q1 the night before. Um, yeah, and then overnight, speaking of the night before, they actually made the uh, track limits a bit wider, which I really don't like. I don't know why it's they did that. so stupid, isn't it's, it? It's like just you know, you've got a football pitch. If you just, like, make the, the lines squiggly because that helps people keep the ball in play. Like, well, no. it's, it's, yeah, it's like, oh, I've, I've skied it over the bar three times. Let's make the, the bar first half. Let's make, <laughs> let's make the, yeah, the crossbar a foot higher. It's yeah. Yeah, just, I can understand it between seasons, but this whole moaning from the drivers, because, of course, the main reason they did that, I believe, was due to the nature of the curbs was kind of dragging the car out more. So don't use that much of the curb mm. is kind of the thing there, isn't it? Or if you're worried about that, then it's kind it's kind of got to be that risk versus reward, hasn't it? Yeah, and if completely. a driver's worried that that curb's going to drag them out, then you don't touch it. If a driver braves it out over that curb, gains a tenth from it, and doesn't get dragged Fair out, play. then they deserve <laughs> to be further up. Yeah, exactly. And I, I do think this sort of thing has to be done outside of the race weekend, like pre-weekend. Yeah, or yeah. I could arguably see it if it was a normal race weekend between a Friday and a Saturday, where there's just practice. After sessions. practice, yeah. I, but like once yeah, the cars are in ideal, Park Ferme, okay. the track should be in Park Ferme as well. If yeah, you know what yeah I mean. unless obviously safety grounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. It just is, yeah, very, because it wasn't. It was turn nineteen, turn nine, I believe, and yeah. also turn eleven or twelve. And they just but made they, the track they, limits a bit wider, basically. Well, effectively, you were racing on a new track. Slightly, which yeah, is, yeah. Which is just, again, you you don't get that in any other sport where the rules just change during a weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a bit strange, but that allowed us to happen to uh, not run over the track limits at turn nineteen this time, and did get just pole by position. taking the same line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, did get pole uh, by not very much. It was what less than a tenth, half a tenth, four, wasn't it? Zero point five five, I believe, over Charles Leclerc. Leclerc. And then the t- third and fourth was Hamilton and Lando both like super super tight as well so it's a very very close four cars fighting for the pole position yeah yeah Yeah. so it bodes well although the race pace had other things on its mind so (laughs) yes uh that took us uh well ahead of who else was there oscar piastri was in p5 good good showing on saturday morning for mclaren piastri struggled a bit more on friday night with Sainz perez russell who's just perennially eighth now at this point really um, and Alban with Gasly in P10. And that brought us on to sprint. Well, in fact, I was fought, literally falling asleep uh, as a so European was I. complaining about a time zone. How dare I? But um, yeah, this started at 11 o'clock at night and genuinely about 10 laps in, I, was, I wasn't falling asleep. It, it was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I quite like when we have races at random times occasionally. You know, there's something quite exciting about getting up for the Japanese yeah. Grand Prix. Uh, I, I know I was saying this yesterday as well. You know, it probably helps because I'm self-employed. Um, but I, I wouldn't mind if Las Vegas was a Monday morning race. That'd be quite cool, I, I wouldn't think. like that. <laughs> Just because it's a bit different. Um, but, it, yeah, it was kind of frustrating, wasn't it? And obviously we'll go into why after the sprint race. Um, Carlos Sainz though, Ferrari doing a Ferrari took a bit of a gamble, which which I quite liked to add a little bit of intrigue, didn't it? Um, so Sainz was starting on a set of the soft compound tyres, um, but all the aggression was between Charles and Max in towards Turn One, wasn't it? 
Mm. And we've seen very, very often in the recent years that P2 is a better place to start than P1 around the Kota circuit. So yeah, that kind of showed itself again on Saturday with Leclerc starting second. Uh, got a better start, had a very good opportunity, but Max completely just cut him off, which was just about fair. It was It was borderline. And had Leclerc wanted to make a meal of it, he could have done, and then it would have been a crash. But I think it was just the right side of fair, and Verstappen was able to cut him off and hold the lead into turn one, which also allowed Hamilton past Leclerc, wasn't it? Um, yes, yeah, right on the outside. Over the white lines, but there we go. Uh, yeah. yeah, I must admit, even <laughs> as a Lewis fan, I'm not quite sure how he got away with that. It's lap one leniency, isn't it? I think that's the only reason. You do that on lap two or lap 16, then yeah, it's a Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose. <laughs> it, it was one of those ones as well, though, wasn't it? You know, that, that run up towards turn one. Again, 10, 15 years ago, a lot of people would have been very, very unhappy about, but that's the state fauna ones in now. You're allowed to do that, and no one really bats an eyelid. <laughs> um, but I must admit, if I was Charles Leclerc there, like especially because I'm not in a big fight for the drivers' championship or anything, I would have just sent it on him. I would have made sure my front wing was in front of his into that first apex. <laughs> I don't care what angle the rest of the cars at, I would have just done <laughs> well, it. It would have been pointing in all directions, probably. It would have been pointing, yeah, pretty much still towards Mexico. Yeah. Um, but I would have absolutely gone for that. <laughs> Fair. I think, yeah, Max obviously knew. It wasn't even that important for him to hold the lead. I guess it just no. makes his race a bit easier. But then equally for Leclerc, he's never, like, overtaking Verstappen at turn one will not make a difference to his race because he's not going to beat him anyway. I so. always say, though, it, it's when, whenever I say things like that, it's got very little to do, actually, with the race that's It's on. the mentality, isn't it? It's all about... If, say, for example, Ferrari. It's never going to happen, but Ferrari have a breakthrough with their car for next <laughs> year, and they're in the fight now with Verstappen for the world title. You know, if you get to Cota, you, say you're five points behind him or something like that in the championship, and you line up in the same positions again... He's going to be heading under to turn one after almost putting you in a wall. And he's just going to be going, oh, is he going to dive me? Is he going to dive yeah. me or is he not going to... Because this is obviously what Verstappen did for years. That's why everyone yeah. jumps out of his way. If I I've, know I've said it so many times on this show, but if I was a junior driver looking to get to Formula 1 now, even if I'm not in a car that's competing against Max, if I was on a racetrack with him, I would not be making his life easy solely for if I end up in a title fight with him in the future. Mm. Well, I, I listened that. to a podcast with Gerhard Berger this week, and he was saying that when Senna came onto the grid, that was exactly what he did. Yeah. He was he was just not not giving way to anyone, and he's he's fair to do that. Even when he was driving the Tyrrell the Lotus, like the whole like you're not going to beat me in a fight mentality. Even if actually your car isn't there to win at that point, it just serves you down the line. So yeah, and that's what we saw. Yeah, it's slightly different because you know, unfortunately, as we've seen, it's always about NASCAR that they talk about this. But of course, where the risk of death has gone from it, which is a very morbid statement to make, yeah, kind of makes people just take risky moves without worrying about it anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you you've kind of someone has got to step up to that plate with Max, and it was a shame that George only really did it once in Baku. But it's probably the best example I can think of this year still of Paris tried it Austria and it lasted one corner. Yeah, that did also <laughs> happen. Yeah, um, but I mean, talking of contacting towards Turn One though, Carlos Sainz just adored without a door. Uh, Oscar Piastri didn't he? Just ran right to mm. the side of him, Weber Barrichello style from Nurburgring. I want to say two thousand nine. Yeah, Nurburgring two thousand nine. Weber got a drive through for that, didn't he? So. He did. Yeah, only because that was the smallest penalty they could give at the time. Which I think they should go back to, because five-second penalties make no difference these days. So Often is the case, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether it was that, or just Piastri cooked his ties too early on, whether that was a contributing factor. But Piastri just fell down the order early on, didn't he? Yeah, he was not happy in the early stages of the sprint. So, yeah, I think uh, he dropped down to about 10th. He was behind Gasly, wasn't he, ahead of Albon? Yeah, 10th. I believe. Um, I think he was behind Albon. Uh, yeah, he would have been because Albon finished ninth in the end, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Speaking of five-second penalties being pointless, uh, George Russell got one um, for passing Oscar Piastri well off the track. At the time, was like, well, he forced me off, no pen, and then in hindsight, was able to say, actually, yeah, that was a penalty. So well, well done. Um, and this kind of what I mean. Five seconds 
it actually did cost Russell a position. Could have cost him two quite easily. But that's in a sprint race. Over the course of a race distance, it very, very rarely makes a difference just because of how long the races are. Five seconds is such a drop in the ocean. That like yeah. I would I would quite like to see it become just drive throughs again, or maybe ten seconds as a minimum or something. So. I yeah think with that it probably I don't think you should even the option. I think you've just got to give that place back because and it, it genuinely now it was my mum that I I hadn't really thought about it this way, but she was like yeah but if they have to then give the place back then you get to watch the battle again, mm. and it was kind of one of those ones where I went. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> it, like, it just makes complete sense, doesn't it? You should have to give the place back up and work for it again, mm. rather than just driving off yeah. into the distance. Well, do you remember back in 2017? You might not. It was Abu Dhabi, and you basically had Renault versus Toro Rosso for a point at the constructors. So I think so. Hulkenberg overtook Perez on lap one, back in the days where it was impossible to follow. So if you don't do it on lap one, you're basically done. And especially at Abu Dhabi. Especially at Abu yeah. Dhabi in those days. Um, so Hulkenberg literally like feigned a move to the outside of turn 11 at Abu Dhabi, jumped the entire chicane, held the position and then just drove off because the runner was technically faster than the Force India and he just drove off into the distance and that was it and ended up finishing 6th, beat Torosso by a few points took the penalty and that was it and like that was a, the right decision to make, it's obviously unsportsmanlike and it's not what the penalty is for <laughs> but it's just not enough of a deter- deterrent I don't think, so maybe they should make it bigger and they, we did see uh, them actually make the the maximum fines bigger before the weekend didn't we they've gone up to a million euros now which is frankly ridiculous but I mean, it uh, won't happen though no one will ever get a million no one's going to get a penalty that something yeah but let us know what you think should penalties be bigger I think they should be well I think yeah like I said though of course now especially because the cars can follow each other you know it should be that you have to give that place back because if you had to go off the road to get it anyway, you've clearly been working for it. Yeah. And you'd be amazed how many drivers would just back out of moves as well when they know full well, obviously, they've been a bit cheeky with it. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, the, the sprint race was pretty dead, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hence the falling asleep uh, about 11.30. <laughs> so, yeah, you had a little bit of movement. I think Science obviously got up to fourth at the start, but ended up dropping back to sixth. And that was literally it. So, yes, uh, Verstappen won ahead of uh, Hamilton and Leclerc. With Norris actually closed down a big gap on Leclerc towards the end, which kind of gave us. I think that was Leclerc just kind of checking out because I think even maybe. he was bored. Yeah, potentially. But Norris was P4 ahead of Perez, Sainz, Russell, and Gasly picked up the last point. Uh, Gasly was actually ahead of Russell, wasn't he? Because Russell got the penalty. So yes. Gasly P7, yeah. Russell 8th, and Albon just missed out by a couple of hundredths. On Russell um, and Piastri didn't get points back in 10th sadly for him um, and that led us on to Sunday yeah I mean it was kind of horrible isn't it because like a lot of people have obviously said now with the sprint race it, it, not only is it was it pretty dull but you also now know what's going to happen in the race it feels like a spoiler doesn't yeah. it for the actual Grand Prix it takes out the uncertainty yeah they should get the sprinklers out honestly I think <laughs> honestly now what they need to do with the sprints. I, I've seen two theories that I quite like the idea of. One of them, I think, is far more possible than the other. Uh, but the other one, I think, would be funnier. So, okay. do it wet. two sprint weekend formats, Jamie. Number one, everyone goes out for qualifying, as they normally would. Except for the grid is decided by your team. You're both drivers' fastest qualifying times combined. It's like Mario Kart. It's like Double Dash. Yep. Ten cars start the race. One from each team. You can pick whichever driver you like. That would not go down well with the You get to the pits. And once they've come to a complete stop, the other driver can start the race. No way. That would never work in a million years. Wouldn't it be funny to watch... It would be absolutely hilarious. It would be so funny. For Aston Martin, that would be sick. Because Stroll can do the start. And Alonso no, you want Alonso in at the start. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Because Alonso's got racecraft. Yeah, but Stroll's the... just a merchant at starting, isn't he? Yeah, but that's because he's not a merchant at qualifying. I just can't imagine the Alpine drivers getting on enough to do this. 
to share anything. No, they 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 would end up in special circumstances where they both have both cars doing it. Our contract would to let Kelsey yeah. dry. Well, no, they both have to do exactly half of the race. Yeah, that's the whole point. Or the far more plausible theory that I quite like, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Sprint championship. Yeah, I've heard this a lot. Mm. Reverse grids. Reverse championship order for the sprint race. So qualifying on Friday is normal. Reverse championship grid for the sprint race, and it's got its own points table. So you can keep the points exactly how they are if you want. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Mm-hmm. They don't add to your real championship points, so it doesn't matter as much. You can take a few um, risks. I can't imagine a lot of teams would, because obviously they're still just worried yeah, about Sunday. Um, but it gives drive, you know, gives something else to have a bit of a conversation about going into a weekend. Thing, and if it's reverse championship, a... you'd hopefully get some actual racing. I, I, the problem is teams will never agree to reverse championship because the big teams have no reason to. Because all it does is make because it, more it doesn't likely. affect the bigger picture is the point. But all it does is make it more likely they're going to end up in a crash, which is money. So te- big teams would never agree to remove it grid. from the budget cap. But even so, it's effort. Like teams. I would think potentially. Uh, the thing is, at the end of the day, Formula One can do whatever they want. They can. Like teams sensibly aren't going to leave. It, it's not that Formula One can't do a lot of these things to make sprint races exciting. Scared. They just won't. I think is the big problem, isn't it? And I mean, we we doubted them ever since the beginning, but Cota very much felt like the novelty had completely worn off. It was a it. particularly bad race. Like, Qatar sprint was pretty good. I do think they were unlucky with how dead it was. Uh, I, one of, my actual, uncommon. my favourite thing to do... I do like the sprint, champ- the sprint championship idea, and that, that thing does work in, like, the Tour de France. Because you kind of have the... You've you like got the, multiple championships yeah. going on inside the bigger picture, don't you? have got, like, the mountain stages championship and the sprint exactly. stages championship, whatever. So it would, it would be good. I just think... There's no chance in my mind that teams ever do reverse grids, sadly. Um, the thing I wanted to do, bring a completely new compounded tyre. Whether it's grooved or whether it's like just way, way harder than anything they're used to. Just something that teams have no idea about and they only use it for the sprint races. Uh, you, you then run a risk because, let's be fair, you're probably asking Pirelli to do this. Mm-hmm. That Pirelli end up doing Bridgestone something that there's that would never work. <laughs> there's no way Pirelli would suddenly allow Bridgestone to start showing up at Grand Prix weekends. Maybe not. Um, the only problem you've then got there is when two or three teams start going. Actually, we prefer these tires. Why all <laughs> the tires like this? Yeah, true. But I think they mentioned that on Sky commentary, and I thought that sounds like quite a good idea. Um, yeah, yeah. Sprints, they need something to spice it off a little bit. And I think the everyone's problem kind of realizing. is, Formula One has kind of tried to bring these sprints in, and obviously they've half done them anyway. And they've just got to make, you know, it's, and again, it's that fine balance we spoke about so often before between sport and entertainment. But if they can find a way, because let's be fair, Formula One at the moment is minted. They could cover mm. the crash damage for the teams with these kind of things. They've just got to find a way to make sprints far more likely to be entertaining. Sprinklers. Sprinklers. Yeah, but even then, it will just <laughs> it's be... It's just novelty. It, yeah, it will just be someone will, someone will claim it's rigged, won't they, when it benefits <laughs> one driver over another. There's got to be something done. Junior drivers. I even still don't mind the idea that they go out for qualifying one at a time but in championship order. So Max yeah. has got a slightly worse track than Perez, who's got a slightly worse track yeah. than Lewis. But it'll be two races before we then get rain after two minutes and Max yeah. takes pole by eight seconds. On and we've got, to wait. we've got like, like half an hour for everyone to do their laps and we know that Max is on pole already. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it just it's feels like one. something needs to... But then again, if that's only for a sprint race doesn't and it doesn't matter. affect the real championship, not the end of the world. I yeah. don't know. It, it, it's such a weird, complicated, convoluted little thing, isn't it? That probably, sensibly, should never become a problem in the first place. <laughs> I do think if we have two more dead sprint races to end this season... Is there two more or just one more? One more. Brazil. Yeah, so if Brazil is dead too, that will leave everyone with a bad memory of sprint races this year. Because well, the yeah, last two have the... been bad. Yeah, because 
Kota was bad. Qatar, Qatar was, was good. good. Austria was good. decent enough. I think it's quite. I enjoyed it as a Hulk fan. P two. Baku was pretty mediocre from what mediocre, I remember. Yeah. It was a it basically again. It was another happened. preview for the race, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and what was the other one? It says I like, Belgium was interesting a bit. Belgium should have been interesting. The fact that Belgium wasn't. <laughs> it was wet to was... dry as well, wasn't it? Or dry yeah. to wet. But like the safety car ruined it, and obviously the fact that Formula One is so yeah. scared to race with Belgium in the wet now. Yeah. Yeah, difficult. I would never forget the Porsche Cup race there. Genuinely, it spit with rain for thirty seconds. They red flagged it, and the rain stopped. And like <laughs> it was funny. nowhere. Near... One car ran wide. That's why they did it. It was so <laughs> yeah. infuriating. Well, we've got um, another year to look forward to that. Well, two years. Now, two it? years now. Yeah. Luckily. Um. <laughs> Let's get, get into the real this. race, yeah, though, yeah. Jamie. We, we've kind of spoiled it because we talked about the sprint race, but talk me through the start. Well, before the start, we had those two teams which struggled to work out their setups. All of them started from the pit lane. So you had four cars in the pits, uh, 16 on the track, of course. Um, yeah, the Haas and the Alfa Romeo, the Aston Martin, sorry, starting from the pit lane. I don't know what order they started in. I guess they just would have gone in the grid order. No, you whoever gets to the end of the pit lane first. Oh, wow. That's interesting. That's how it goes, I believe. Um, so yeah, only sixteen cars taking the lights. Uh, one but of them, but it Lando helps Haas because obviously they're at the end of the pit lane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, Lando Norris was one of the drivers who took the lights, and he actually took the lead as well. So like, once again, P two on the grid, <laughs> with just being OP at Cota, um, took the lead as turn one from Leclerc, whose pole to win conversion rate was from that point onwards obviously going to get worse. Um, the fact that no one remembers Leclerc was on pole by lap three <laughs> is staggering, isn't it? Yeah. You know he's got the most poles now to not have a championship. He's broken the record. Is he taking that from Bottas? Yeah. 21 yeah. poles. Wild. And <laughs> it's not even like he's been close to a championship either. No, not particularly. Um, he's just a mega one lap runner. Well, even Bottas was able to turn 20 of his poles into a bunch of wins. Like, at least 10, I would say. Uh, probably less than that, six or seven, I think, only. It's not Mercedes five years. I reckon more than that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Leclerc, 21 uh, pole positions and four wins from pole. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. How many years Leclerc's had no wins in Formula One as well is wild. And yeah. how many um, wins is that without an illegal engine, sorry? With, uh, two. Did he two only win two pole. races last year? Two wins from pole, sorry, yeah, of course. So he won three races last year, and then one was yeah. from second. Yes, wild. Yeah. Just wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Quite funny, but yeah. Um, other things happened on that one too. Uh, Carlos Sainz was able to get past Lewis Hamilton uh, into turn one down the inside. He actually did send it, unlike Leclerc on, uh, on Saturday. And was able to take P3 at the time. Yeah, it would have been P3, wouldn't yeah. it? And also, uh, Ocon managed to have lack of awareness and crash into Piastri. Uh, Randy Kink of turn two. And that ended up causing both of them to have to retire, which is quite surprising because I guess it was quite a substantial contact at quite high speed. But Ocon especially, cars often survive that kind of thing, especially if they're driven by Lewis Hamilton. Uh, so yeah, that was a bit surprising that it was a little bit of wheel-to-side foot contact and both of them had to retire. Yeah, yeah, it did take them all quite a while, of course, and they both kind of fell down the order, didn't they? Um, but yeah, both had side pod damage from it, rather weirdly. So they, they locked onto each other pretty nice and aggressively there. Um, which, again, you know, was Alpine going, wow, well, at least we beat the kid that betrayed us. I hope he's hating his time at McLaren with a sprint win this <laughs> with a, year. With a race win and a bunch of podiums. Well done. Yeah. Shocking behaviour by Alpine. No, because how many... Oh, sorry, Gaz, Piastri, even. I'll get me right name in there in the end. <laughs> Is what seventeen points, I believe, behind Alpine. Could very well be that Alpine's driver line this year are both gonna. What could have been Alpine's driver line at this year is gonna outscore Alpine individually. Well, Alonso definitely will. Alonso has, yeah. Alpine All are guaranteed now. Piastri is Oscar's on eighty-three. Yeah, and it could have easily been more. <laughs> yeah, that's the battle to watch out with by the end what, of the year. Piastri right? versus Alpine. There's not Piastri much else going versus on. Piastri versus Alpine. Yeah. Wild, absolutely wild. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it was a shame for Piastri because let's be fair, he was on the edge of the track. There wasn't a lot else he could do in that scenario, was yeah. it? Um, but 
thing, I mean, obviously the kind of thing we were focusing on early on was obviously Hamilton and Max getting past both Ferraris. And I can't lie, it felt like to me that Max was kind of sat there going, oh, Lewis is overtaking the car, probably I should get on with it and overtake him as yeah. well. Oh, Lewis is overtaking another car, I'll just overtake them as well then, now I need to. Yeah. You know, try, and, try and make it look like I'm struggling. It was like he was toying with everyone a little bit, but... I mean, maybe maybe the car pace wasn't ridiculously quick this weekend. Like I, they were beatable, I think. I think Red Bull are and have been since probably before the summer break, sensibly, the masters of. Let's not make the car look too fast now, boys. <laughs> Don't want to get nerfed, basically. I'm Paris exactly. is doing a very good job with that, to be fair. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. you look at Belgium where they were lifting going into a rouge. And they go, oh, it's because of the plank, and we don't want to get it too warm. Well, maybe Hamilton should have done that too. Maybe Hamilton we'll should have that done later. that here. Yes, we will talk about that in a bit. Uh, but it does very much feel at the moment that Red Bull are just, you know, well, we'll keep winning, but we won't win by much. And they're, oh, no, our car's not that OP, you know. It's just Max making the difference when he could easily lap most of the field. Well, two Perez's and they'd be finishing eighth every week, wouldn't they? Eighth and ninth. Well, yeah, that being said. Uh, it's two Perez's, though, they would have developed the car more sensibly. Well, so you'll probably, probably be winning by more. Nah, definitely not. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there wasn't there wasn't tons going on in the first stint. But uh, once it settled down, Norris was just leading, doing his thing in the P1. Uh, Hamilton second, Verstappen third, about four seconds off the lead, five seconds off the lead. Uh, Verstappen was the first one to pit from his mediums to another set of medium tyres, uh, going for the undercut. And weirdly... Uh, well, not weirdly, in fact, McLaren did cover that off straight away because, uh, yeah, Verstappen couldn't undercut four seconds in a lap. So they pit Norris the very next lap. But Mercedes chose not to pit Hamilton and kind of looked like they were going for a one-stop. But then they didn't really commit to it, so they were just stuck between two strategies in the awkward middle ground, uh, which meant he lost the place to Verstappen for the undercut and didn't get the benefit of a good strategy anyway. So... No, it kind of felt like Mercedes suddenly realised, obviously, once Max and Lando pit, going, wait, are we battling? Are we, are we yeah. going for a win here, or yeah, are we yeah. just trying to make sure that we beat Lando? What, what are we doing? Yeah, it, it was, was very strange. so badly done. Yeah, the, and... This was the team that for so long we were saying, you know, were technically pretty much perfect, weren't they, for years. What on earth is that? Because even the pit stops were not good by Mercedes. Mm. Yeah, it's a difficult one. They've obviously had a couple years well Russell got one last year and that's it so they've been out of winning routines and they're just a bit they're just a bit nice aren't they I was talking to my Mercedes fan friend uh, earlier on Me? today no not you another one um, slightly more deluded I would argue uh, who basically was saying well I saw a quote from Toto that like basically said it's a fair cop on the old uh, the plank issue that we'll get onto later and he basically said uh, my friend basically said Jonathan Wheatley would have got Red Bull out of this, which I completely agree with. It's yeah. like Red Bull played dirty to win. Mercedes don't. Oh, absolutely. I'm getting that <laughs> clipped. It's so true. So true. Yeah. And uh, I think Mercedes are just a bit too nice when they've actually got a competitor who's willing to win at all costs. Like Red Bull well, are. I think it's, it's always the thing, isn't it? Of course, of, you know, it's still the old adages. Mercedes are there still to sell road cars mm. and, you know, put that technology into a road car. If Red Bull get a fine for a million quid, what are they worried about? Yeah. They're not going to sell another can of Red Bull in the morning? No, they don't care. Yeah, and in fact, being the maverick rule breakers is probably good for their market, to be honest. Oh, we've said this so, for years, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah, they always have been the party team that does things differently, even from when 2005 when they joined. So, yeah. But it's just Adrian knew he's a wizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a shame for all the Mercedes fans out there, but it's quite funny. So we move. Uh, but yeah, that meant that Verstappen overtook Hamilton on the undercut, got up into P2, and then eventually, took quite a long time actually, did end up closing down and passing Lando Norris, who didn't put up too much of a fight, it's fair to say. He can't make it look too easy. <laughs> yeah, it took him 28 laps to uh, to catch and pass Lando. Um, yeah, but interestingly, Norris and Hamilton both took hard for their first stop, so technically could have gone to the end if they fancied it, uh, but it clearly wasn't going to happen like that because Norris ended up bailing quite early onto another step of medium tyres for the... Was it? Oh, no, it's hard tyres to end the race, wasn't it? So yes, yeah, it couldn't 35, do three sets of mediums. 
No, Norris did. Oh, sorry, Lando. Yeah. yeah. Lap 35, he was the first one to pit. Uh, Verstappen covered a few laps later and almost with a slow stop got undercut by Norris again. So the gap had come down for sure. Um, Richard. Yep. Yep. Got to get that in there. <laughs> um, and yeah, just Hamilton. It was just so passive for strategy, wasn't it? It was just like, oh, we'll just do our own thing and not worry about the competitors we're fighting. And Pitt, a solid six, seven laps later than the other two, which just left Hamilton so far off them because both times he'd lost a lot of time through the pit stop window. So it was just a weird, weird strategy from Mercedes, to be honest. It honestly felt like, you know, the KSI meme of God, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> That's what Mercedes felt like, at least in their strategy department, just saying that over and over. Uh, was it, it was this year, or this time last year, that James Vowles went to Williams, wasn't it? So About now, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's had a knock-on effect, an Esteban knock-on effect on the team. Uh, because, yeah, I do think when he was there, obviously like you had a few blunders i think austria 2018 and stuff like that for instance but overall they were pretty good you look at hungary 19 or spain 21 like they were they knew what they were doing and they were they were commanding and they did what they set out to do and this time and a few times this season they just have been very very passive it's strange honestly the the impression i get well we're not winning it doesn't matter that much yeah because let's be fair for a team like mercedes the prize money is all but irrelevant, isn't yeah. it, really? You know, it's still obviously a stupid amount of money and obviously, you know, it's fantastic for them to go back to the board and do all this, that and the other. But let's be fair, Mercedes, you know, they're not going to put up on their wall that trying to sell road cars going, we finished second in the 2023 Formula One World Championship. No one cares if you haven't yeah. won in that regard. You know, it just feels like they're kind of there like, well, eh, eh, eh. Second what we third, who cares? Yeah, it it just titles. feels uninspired at the moment. Like, yeah. is the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a, it's a shame. A shame for the fans of Mercedes, but I'm not one of them, so it's funny. Um, yeah, what else happened? Oh, yeah, Hamilton obviously was left on much fresher tyres than the other two, which did give him the opportunity to come back at them towards the end, and he did come back at Norris. Made a pretty good move, I must say, on Lando, who did throw but- quite a late one. I uh, <laughs> I made my feelings known on Twitter about that one. I don't care that Norris lost, but he should have got a penalty for that. That was too late in my mind. It it was very very aggressive. I think the thing is he only moved, he did make one move, but it was just a very aggressive. It was move. in the breaking zone. Mm. That that could have very because if Hamilton had committed, then you know if that had been Lando against say Max or Lando against say another Lando, that could have been an airplane crash into turn one. Yeah, easily. Yeah, and we saw it last uh, year Alonso on Stroll, didn't we? So, ex- well, the other way around, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, well, what? I know we've said it so many times, haven't we? What were you going to say, sir? The other way around. That was Stroll's, the defending driver, moving late on Alonso. Yeah, but sorry, the way you'd worded oh, it then to I? me made so. it out like Alonso, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I, I know we've said it so many times before, haven't we? But I just want them to come out next year, go and write, there's new rules about racing wheel to wheel. If the car's got its front wheels alongside your rear wheels, you have to give them space. Yeah. If you force them off the road, you've got to give up the place. You can't move in the braking zones. You can't do this. You can't do that. Let's have some wheels to a race again. Yeah. Because it's just so annoying. Like It's great now that the cars can overtake each other, but they don't battle still, do they? It's Not just really. DRS passes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the nature of... We've designed loads of circuits now which have really long straights and high braking zones, so... They're, that's kind of what they're going to do. They're going to make it the easiest move they can, which is why back in the refueling days, the easiest move was to pass in the pits. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? Still, I know we go back to it quite a lot. That one of the best battles of the last five years that people still remember was Hamilton and Alonso at the Hungaro Ring of all places, yeah. <laughs> with not very powerful DRS, very no. big discrepancy in the car paces, but exactly. two drivers, the two drivers that, each other. <laughs> exactly, that know how to race wheel to wheel. It's it, Formula One. Yeah, you fix the fact cars can now overtake. You've now got to fix the drivers' mentality about how to race against each yeah. other. They'll just clamp it's down on jewelry so instead. Exactly. Yeah, can't let <laughs> Lewis have a Prince Albert, but you can worry about everything else. <laughs> it's so stupid, man. So stupid. It, it, uh, no, yeah. We we rant about it so many times, but I just want good wheel to a racing back. Yeah, but Lando got away with it. He did lose his second place, but no penalty, which was 
yeah, I think he got away with it a little bit there. Um, and that left Hamilton to chase after Verstappen. And Verstappen was, meanwhile, having some kind of brake issues, getting quite annoyed at GP in typical fashion. Uh, oh, yeah, but no, remember how much Lewis moans, though? I love the amount of people that are <laughs> now so saying... You're so salty Max, today. What no, no what, I was, no, what I love is the amount of people that are now saying about how much Max moans on the radio. Yeah. It's almost like they broadcast the driver that's winning a lot, their yeah, radio more moans. than anyone else's. It would not surprise me if, on average, basically every driver moans the same amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's nothing about Max specifically, but it's the amount of people that moan now that, oh, suddenly Max is moaning those on the radio. No, he probably always has been. Yeah. It's just it was never broadcast. He probably did more back when the car was rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to me. So funny to yeah. me. Yeah. DTS fans, isn't it? But uh, yeah. respect if you're a DTS fan. <laughs> Uh, they've all got bored of the sport yeah. anyway mate can't yeah, blame yeah. them to be they've fair. all left I mean I wouldn't yeah I would too if I only started watching three years ago uh, <laughs> <laughs> what else happened oh yeah uh, where are we up I've, I've lost track of where we are do you know uh, we're, we're up to about Leclerc obviously on that one stop because Ferrari kind of forgot about him do you know as well he had like a tooth abscess or something this weekend oh that sounds a bit grim so he was under racing under excruciating pain as well um, and yeah, Ferrari completely forgot about him, uh, and forgot about well, sort of Mercedes about how much wear you can have on the rear plank. Yes, they did. Um, yeah, because yeah, and ended up the race finished. Uh, nothing else did really it? happened. I guess the Astons made their way from the pit lane to the points before Alonso just stopped uh, because Stroll was catching him. So he thought, I better not get embarrassed here. So he just retired. Um, and then, yeah, Verstappen won the race just about from Lewis Hamilton initially. Uh, and Lando Norris was P2, P3. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> and eventually, just before I went to bed last night, uh, came out that Leclerc and Hamilton were both under investigation for having plank issues. And that's a technical directive, isn't it? Uh, a technical like, requirement, infringement, that's the word. So everyone kind of thought straight away, this is only going to go to the stewards if they have messed up. It's not like a... There's no grey area. You either have got... Oh, either you've got enough plank yeah. under your car or you haven't. It's pretty so, simple. So uh, as soon as they came out that they were under investigation, you kind of thought, right, yeah, they're, they're getting disqualified. And lo and behold, that is what happened. And Lewis Hamilton's hard work all race long was uh, ended up with zero points for the second race running. Um, as well as Charles Leclerc, who did hard work with a two abscess and didn't get as many points as Hamilton, but then lost them anyway. So, yeah, everyone got bumped up. Perez can breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah, Perez is now, what, 38 clear or something? 40 points? 39, I believe, yeah. yeah. So he's probably going to finish second in the championship, I would imagine, uh, which is what I called about two weeks ago. But you called Hamilton, and then he's had two zero points in a row. <laughs> no, I think we called it after Qatar, <laughs> oh, to be we? fair. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I still believe. I still believe. I reckon Checo's going to have a nightmare to the end of the year. Um, it, it was quite interesting though, isn't it? Because of course, obviously, we, we've known about these new the way the cars are checked now at the end of a race as before a Grand Prix. No, sorry. At, so the FIA have already decided going into a weekend which four cars they're checked at the end of the race. I think they've got two reserve cars as well in case two of the cars get written off or something or don't finish. But it is interesting, isn't it? Of course, because. Leclerc and Hamilton. So we we haven't had anyone get disqualified now in what feels like years. Uh, that happens slightly more regularly than. It happens occasionally still. So the the last one I, I can d- definitely remember was USA, twenty eighteen. What about I think? Jap- uh, Japan nineteen? Oh, Japan nineteen. Threw themselves under the bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and there was it, a, it, a Haas that year as well in twenty eighteen. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't happen often then the cars are disqualified but what is fascinating about it isn't it of course first of all you know to get the conspiracy theory out of the way Verstappen's car was also checked his car was fine Um, but if two of the four cars you've checked at the end of the race have been disqualified for a technical infringement how many other cars were down that grid that might because it might well have just been that it was Hamilton and Charles, they were the only two cars that had that in the entire field. But it's highly unlikely, isn't it? Yeah, especially, I think, just check their teammates to begin with, to be honest. Because Russell and Sainz were not checked and could have very easily 
had the uh, the same issue. If they had, the, I guess it's a height. It's like a ride height setup issue. It's not a car issue necessarily. Yeah, it was um, basically just obviously how much the skid blocks worn away. Yeah, Sebastian Vettel was the most recent one in twenty twenty. Yes, of course. Yeah, uh, but that was that a fuel irregularity? I think that was a, a lack of fuel sample. Yeah. So Which I don't get how you've run out of fuel at the Hungara ring because it's not a particularly powered. Yeah, and they had a safety but... car that race as well. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just think if the problem is if you get two out of four disqualified, the ch- they could just go down the grid and then it turns out ten of the cars are disqualified and it just looks really bad on F one. So I guess yeah, they maybe don't want to throw themselves under the bus like that, but. Then is it fair? So, for instance, this pushed up Yuki Snowder. They pushed up Alex Albon and Logan Sargent into the points more than they would have got. And likes of the Haas and the Alfa Romeos suddenly are not getting points. Say, for instance, Russell and uh, Russell and Science are disqualified too. Suddenly, Hulkenberg's ninth. Suddenly, uh, I think was it Joe or Bottas next? I can't remember. Someone would be that'd be tenth. And you've got. Just more points going around. I guess it, the counts, the caveat to that is that Snowder, Sergeant, and Alvin all get more as well because they're getting. Yeah, up. that that would only become a really worrying factor if suddenly there was, say, a two point gap from six to seventh and a one point gap from seven to eighth, yeah. which of course isn't the case in Formula One. Apart from nine the gaps ten, only yeah. get smaller. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, but that's yeah. what I mean. The gaps don't get bigger oh, yeah. anywhere. Again. Fair. So maybe I'm just salty because Hulk finished eleventh in the end. I think you are. I think you are. The fact that Logan Sargent has scored a point, despite the fact I don't think he's really ran in the top ten at any point this year on track, is kind of staggering, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like the girl kibitz there in a Hockenheim, wouldn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But that was all dramatic. And Hamilton is uh, current on current form is the worst driver in a Formula One based on the last two races. Um, is he worse than Hulk? Well, a DNF and a DSQ. You can't get much worse yeah, than that. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I forgot, yeah. <laughs> I think you meant just in terms of points. No. Yeah, no, Hamilton, yeah, has been. If Formula One was a two race championship, starting in Qatar, Hamilton would be last in he the championship. Be. It's like uh, he... 2020, wasn't it? Max Verstappen was the worst driver in the Italian championship. Yeah, he was, he was. Because he DNF'd he all three all times. Uh, yeah, wild. so that was a, a wild time to be alive. But. Yeah, Logan Sargent talking of him. Fair play, got a point. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't. It was. It was alright. It was well earned. I was going to say it wasn't very well earned. He he matched Alvin in the race very well. He finished a few it's seconds It's a bit strong. Him. Yeah, but he was alright. He was prob- like definitely his strongest weekend. The thing is, at the end of the day, yeah, I'd say Monza still. The fact yeah. he was running in the top ten most of the day, and then it was only right at the end Bottas got him. But was he Monza, was I think behind still. Alvin, wasn't he still? Yeah, that's because well, he wasn't that far behind him in terms of raw pace. It was just album beef the McLarens all day. Hmm. I, I, I think, don't get me wrong, one of his better races still, but I would still say Monza is the one that sticks out to me because he was running inside the top 10 until yeah. about four laps to go. But he finished um, 1.2 seconds off Albert in this race, which is very good going. Yes, yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, he finished in a position... That was meant that he was the tenth fastest car that wasn't illegal to cross the line. For all we know, he might have been much higher than that. <laughs> he might have been. He could have, the, he could have, have actually been, the third. been fifth, or he could have been disqualified as well. You, it's yeah. how, the fact that we live in a sport that's meant to be the pinnacle of engineering, and now we don't know that is quite worrying, isn't it? Um, yeah. But clearly, he knows what a kilometer is, and we're, exactly. we're proud of Logan Sargent for that. Yes, um, we are. We will move on to the quiz. Speaking oh, of, okay. Uh, yeah, so going to caveat that one in there. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, as we just been discussing, has failed to score points in the last two races. Yes. The last time that happened. Oh no. Would you know what it was? Uh, this isn't. This I'm isn't the question. To... No, I know. I'm trying to think when it would have been. Um. Is it McLaren days still? Yeah, it's yeah. That's mad, isn't it? Um, it was, 2010. Italy, Singapore... Oh, no, 2010, sorry. Oh, is it Italy, Belgium? Italy, Singapore. It is Italy, Singapore, yeah. Two DNFs, both. No, one was on lap one, wasn't it? One was on lap. Yeah. After a safety car restart. Um, but 11 drivers... I was quite surprised by this, but only 11 drivers scored points across those two races. Nine of the top tens were the same on the two. 
You've got a minute to name all of them. Go. Seb, Mark, Fernando, Felipe, Jensen, Nico, Michael Schumacher, Robert Kubica, Nick Heidfeld, Adrian Suttil, the Antonio Luizzi. <laughs> you've got him this time. Uh, yeah. You've got eight. Um, no, you've got uh, nine out of the eleven already. Okay. You've got a while to go. Um, trying to think which big team have I forgotten about. Um, Boemi? No. Bordet? Alguasuari? Bordet no. was gone, yeah. Alguasuari? No. no. Um, Hulkenberg? Yes. Barrichello? Yes. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Easy. Easy. I did ask you a very similar question Easy, accidentally yes. a few weeks ago, so... Not yeah, we had, we've had two 2010 <laughs> questions, because of course only our podcast would do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well done. Good good quiz Thank performance. You. Thank and you. Straight I'm, on I'm to the old uh, predictions, which didn't didn't go swimmingly. They went all right. What are the scores on the doors heading into this one? I swear it's not changed in ages. We just, uh, I'm on 58. Well, no, the points have changed. It's just the yeah, gap has. the gap. I'm on 58, you're on 56. So two points okay. in my favour. Um, so I've only got five races to claw this back. It's not a lot, but I have got to start clawing it back, haven't I? Yeah. Um, what I think I went max, 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 didn't I? You did. Which was only worth four points in the end because you didn't get didn't pole get on the Friday. Uh, you then went Lando Lewis. So, you... so I, I get two points for Lando because Lewis <laughs> got disqualified when I would have got two points for both of them being in the top three. Yeah, in the so it didn't place. make a difference in the end. So I got four points. Six you, points. You got six even. points overall, yes. Yeah, okay. I uh, who went... did, you, did you also say Max, Max, Max? I actually didn't. I, I called a Lando Norris race win, which wasn't oh, far did, away. didn't you? You know what? I, for half the race, I was looking all right. Uh, <laughs> but sadly not. So I did go a Max pole, Max sprint win. So I got two so points that's for that. two points, yeah. Norris one point race for Lando. win. Didn't happen. Yeah. Got one point there. Uh, I said Piastri second place, which didn't obviously didn't happen. Definitely didn't happen. The funniest thing for me was a Carlos Sainz P3. So we take it. <laughs> oh, dearie me. <laughs> so I'll take a, a little five on a shocking weekend. Uh, and yeah, the so it means just one point in it. One point in it with four races to go. And I still get to pick first at the moment. Yes, yes. So you're on what? 62 and I'm on 63. George Wild. Russell. Wild, we love it. We love it. I can't believe it's the first in three years we've been doing this podcast. It's going to be the first one that comes down to the wire. Yeah, um, the only championship battle this year, really. The, the really bad, the only exciting championship battle, anyway. <laughs> um, driver of the day, Jamie one eight three. Driver of the day, or driver of the weekend, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't like, was there any huge standouts really? I think Gasly did well, to be honest. Let's finish. I seventh. Gasly, yeah. Seventh and honestly, sixth. Honestly, honestly, I was going to give Charles Leclerc a bit of a shout out. I don't know. He's... That Ferrari, I don't genuinely believe should have been anywhere near pole. Was kind of my thinking. And looking at, you know, they screwed him on a Sunday, so he finished behind Sainz. But the rest of the weekend, I think he maximised everything he could out of that car. Yeah. Potentially, he was only two tenths ahead of science in main quality, but that did Still make a took difference. Pole. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he deserves a shout out. He I does. Think. I would give it to Gasly or Verstappen, but I'll give it to Gasly. Uh, uh, Norris as well. Hamilton, obviously, shame about the disqualification as well. Um, you know, especially in the sprint race throughout the first half, he was the he was the only real person all weekend that looked like he could stop Max, wasn't he? Yeah. Shame yeah. it was an illegal car, but yeah, that's <laughs> how Leclerc took pole. So. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I think there's quite a few there. You know what? I'm going to say Logan Sargent. First Fair. ever points in Formula 1. Why not, eh? Despite Fair the fact he never ran top 10 all weekend. And that means every driver scored points again, which is only the second time in F1 history. After last year. Full-time driver. Was it after last year? I thought it was after Last year. It's not the second time in history, I don't believe. 2018 was the one I was thinking of. Is that the only other time in it? Oh, no, I'm thinking the teams, aren't I? Sorry. Yeah. Did, did everyone score last year? Uh, no. Mazep- no, Mazepin wasn't here. Mazepin uh, wasn't there. Mick Schumacher did. Who were the backmarkers? Who was Latifi. I think Latifi. everyone did. Yeah, I think everyone did score points last year. 
I'm going to do some research. I, oh, Hulk didn't, and he stood in for Vettel at the start. Yeah, but full time. Because uh, DeFries hasn't scored points this year. Oh, yeah, true. I guess he was. Or Ricardo still, has he? No, not Ricardo either. Yeah. yeah, every full time driver did last year as well. Fair play. Wow. So okay. I'm wrong. Wonderful. Ignore me. Wonderful. Um, anything else to add, Jamie? Not that I don't think so. I think everything's done. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you all, as always, then, so much for listening. Uh, it's been quite a big week, hasn't it, for Formula One? We, we went through a lot. Obviously, we'll be back probably Thursday or Friday. Um, with the Mexican GP preview, because what's better than a track that Verstappen never loses at, even when he hasn't got the best car, is Verstappen <laughs> now with the best car in Mexico. Jamie, as always, it's been a pleasure. Um, and yeah, we'll be back very, very soon with more Knowing Wheel. <laughs>